0: Project A podcast.
1: Hi and welcome to the Project A podcast. Uh, this week we have two fantastic guests, Reshma Sahoni uh, and Tom Wilson, both of which are from Seedcamp. In case you do not know, uh, Seedcamp are uh, the uh, preeminent uh, pre-seed and seed stage venture fund in Europe. Uh, and we hope to have a broad conversation on everything from their own backgrounds. Uh, investing in 2021 uh, and the state of european technology nice M- maybe to kick off i mean would love to get uh, maybe just a high-level background on, on what seed camp is and and what you do day to day
2: super um maybe i'll start since uh since i've been here longest in, the, in that sense so coming on sort of uh, yeah 14 years um, so we, we started seed camp you know 14 years ago and it, it, you know there's some very there are few fundamentals we've absolutely kept but we we've also of course evolved and grown as Europe has become this amazing place in the last 14 years as as, as well so we started by being, a pre-seed fund, you know, very much focused on the full European footprint from sort of Ireland to the West, all the way to Israel, Nordics down to to the South, um, and really helping European founders uh, start, scale, and potentially, you know, grow grow global from from those early days at at kind of that kind of scale and uh, so pretty much 14 years later we're doing the same we've added seed investing to that as well but everything very pre-series a so we are very much focused on that early early days and that zero to one journey particularly and then of course I think after kind of series a and beyond when others you know come to the come to the table we're also there but we're very focused on that um, that zero to one.
1: Nice. And, you know, feel free to share some of the amazing companies that you've invested in. I feel you're being uh, very humble. Uh, yes. we all know some of the some of the better known ones.
2: Yeah. Thank you. I'll, I'll do a few. And then, um, you know, Tom can pick up, too, which is so we were you know looking at that model of taking Europeans. European founders kind of global scale. I mean, we're really thrilled that early on Tavit, who's the founder, one of the founders of TransferWise um, with Christo, you know, brought TransferWise into to to take money from SeedCamp. And really, when I look back, um, you know, they're they're about to go public. When we look back at the history of sort of those interactions, It really, our our, our whole raison d'etre, you know, he kind of repeated back to ourselves, which was he was a mentor and in, in our first seed camp. And he said, that was really fantastic. And if I could bring that kind of pace and you know, uh, and and sort of hacking of venture capital to to my journey that will be fantastic. And so yeah, thrilled to have you know Transwise to begin with, um, and then after that sort of UiPath and Revolut and uh, and Tom, you want to mention a couple of our our newer newer great companies. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I think you know to add to that, I think there's you know there's definitely a group of companies which have scaled to to be on that you know billion dollar status that we're delighted to be first investors in. So you know you'd add kind of like Wefox to that to that list. Um, obviously they they announced a around very recently, and and also Hopin, which is you know I think one of the fastest growing. Startups globally, and, and definitely are quickest to kind of reach that that status. And yeah, you know, there's 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 many more which are on the cusp or or, or nearby. You know, I'd you know mention the likes of um, Sora um, in the kind of uh, kind of um, football and um, crypto collectible space, and, and the likes of Clio, you know, Harbor. There's a there's a there's a good list, um, which we've been really fortunate to to partner with those um, those founders in, in their first rounds.
2: And, and I'm I think sure a,
0: a growing list. That so,
2: list. I mean, you can see the diversity. It's you know, it's B two C, it's B two B, it's enterprise, it's SaaS, it's fintech, it's uh, yeah, it's really distributed, which tells you again goes to show the strength of Europe at a at a global scale.
0: And to add to that, it's it's also quite like geographically distributed as well. You know, I think you look at kind of the origin countries of, of none of those. You know, they they span from the Nordics to to France to the UK to to Germany, So, I mean, yeah, we're, we're, we're super proud to see, you know, particularly kind of Reshma obviously is um, there from the very beginning and, and the kind of the fruits of that labour starting to starting to show.
1: Nice. And maybe Reshma to start, but I'd love to hear from Tom as well. Maybe just a quick bit on, on your backgrounds and, you know, how you got into venture, I guess, for you, Reshma, how you started Seedcamp and um, maybe an insight into what it was like 14 years ago.
2: Absolutely, no, and I think um, you know I I do think that that story is quite unique. I mean, it was such a kind of special time in two thousand and seven when there were probably zero expectations (laughs) for venture capital in Europe or our founders (laughs) in in Europe, right? And uh, yet there were several believers, and and I think I was fortunate to meet meet some of those, and including myself, which is I I was coming over really from the US and having having been in VC and more investment banking in, in the US and and especially during the dot-com boom and and seeing the power of what it, the internet was going to do. And it was definitely version 1.0, but, it, you know, and and then the, the bust happened. I moved to Europe at that time and then the financial crisis, but to say, well, there's inherent Be something powerful in in this technology and it it will change the world, maybe 1.0 was not the was not the moment and, uh, but I brought a lot of that kind of American ethos of if you're gonna if you're going to build build big. Um, or, or go home as such, especially if you're going to, going to take venture capital money, right? It, which not not everyone needs to, but kind of that ethos of let's play on a global scale. Um, we need to be extremely ambitious. And I think the third thing was being in venture early at another fund, um, a more private equity fund in Europe. I just thought we're missing quite an alpha opportunity in, in Europe is that there's incredible um developer talent and clearly again with with companies like yahoo's and google's and and so forth having bases of of uh, technical talent in europe you know why why are, why are these um folks not starting their own companies building and and um and really having that ambition or that support to to build very very big companies, and so I think it took kind of that perspective alongside you know what Index was already doing, and then Atomico was just starting. So Nicholas leaving Skype with that similar kind of thought process, right? And and a few of those funds really in that ground floor effort effort there. So you know joining up to say let's build a bigger base to the European pyramid because definitely the elite founders in in Europe do get access to capital, but it shouldn't be, you know, elite is great, but elitism isn't. And so we need a, a much bigger base to, base to this pyramid. And so um, I, I often say, I'm not sure, you know, it took an American woman, I think <laughs> to, to start this and bring kind of like, bring that ecosystem together and that attitude of let's make the pie bigger and we will all win um, rather than a very, you know, a, an an aggressive competitive spirit so that that was the whole ethos and it was a special moment in that when you look at the first sort of we had an event-based model back in the day and now you know there's there's a thousand and one events so not so needed but I mean everyone was there like the the sound words were there and uh you know the folks that that mentioned like index and excel folks and I mean Nicholas like it, it, you look at the, the people in the room and, uh, you know, it was a small room in Europe. But uh, but yeah, everyone now that 14 years later are uh, have had massive impact on the European uh, startup and, and venture scene. And they were all in that sort of room at Imperial College. So just a fascinating, you know, wonderful moment to, in 2007 to, to begin.
1: And that feels like a, a nice lesson in the benefits of being early, right? You know, probably a good lesson for for most founders as well. You probably don't want to be too early, but uh, you probably want to be somewhat ahead of the competition. Um, You mentioned a bunch of super interesting, you know, uh, large scale companies, UiPath, Hopin, uh, TransferWise, et cetera. I mean, you know, you discussed starting Seedcamp in 2007 in what I believe was, you know, a a small fund one of a few million dollars. Um, What has surprised you the most in you know what you've achieved at seed camp and maybe within the broader European ecosystem in in that period of time
2: I think um in in some ways actually take 2007 to 2014 I was surprised it was slower you know to be to be honest with the ambition we had and I think the talent we we had I'm surprised that it went so slowly and then I think I'm equally surprised that from 2014 to 2021 it's so fast and and uh, and the multiplier effects and the round sizes and we joked a little bit before together about you know what do you need to be at pre seed seed today to raise in you know a, a napkin really right and so so yeah the the um, the slowness of of kind of uh, zero to one for us and this one to 10 for us in that in that next next seven years. Um, but I think in in some senses completely then not surprised from a founder perspective, I, w- I would say is that we knew the talent existed in fundamentally the education system in Europe is extremely strong. And, you know, we hear about the Nordic model, right. And, uh, and, and, and kind of engineering schools. I mean, the kind of rigor around, um, you know, math, science, definitely focus on computer science, you know, especially across UK and universities um, and in Switzerland as well. And so forth. I mean, we knew that that base was there. So I'm really not surprised that we are seeing um, you know, household names that are European and not just sort of U.S. or, or, or China-based, right? So, um, so not surprised at, at that, and the the ability for them to scale. Um, we still really need some some companies from europe to join kind of that fang group uh, so and really be massive platform businesses but you know it's it's emerging more you know more and more um so so yeah i think that's still sort of work work ahead for us but um but yeah what what an interesting sort of 14 years you know seven plus seven
1: and what would be really um helpful is to just give our listeners a bit, bit of an insight into you know um, specifically what size checks you write and at what stage and maybe from that we can you know just look to explore a bit what makes for an interesting pre-seed or seed stage investment for seed camp um you know how that's evolved through time and uh, you know and what that looks like in 2021
0: yeah, I'm happy to jump in on that. I like I liked Reshma's um kind of talk about 2014, some exciting things started to happen, accelerate from them. because that's when I joined. So I'm I'm gonna take that as a as a big as a big point. Um <laughs> yeah, so I've been in receive camp for, for seven years. But um the I think to you know, to, to to take your point there, Sam, about what what we invest in in the kind of stages and in our check sizes. So we um, as Reshma mentioned, you know, obviously we're very much focused on pre-Series A. So we're thinking through, you know, we're We want to be a kind of lead investor for pre-seed rounds and we can get to what we think of as pre-seed in in 2021 Um, and then we also want to be part of you know those companies who are raising slightly larger rounds at seed but everything kind of like pre-series a we will we will look at those opportunities and most of those companies it's their first round or perhaps there's been some angel money which is which has always been coming to the company but that's generally what we think about and when we think about pre-seed in 2021, we're probably thinking about round sizes of up to about a million pounds. I'll, I'll talk in pounds just because currencies are um, always, always changing jurisdiction by jurisdiction, but just to keep it simple. And in that kind of a round, we would probably write anywhere from like a 250,000 to 350,000 check. Um, as I said, we'd, we'd be very happy to, to lead those types of rounds in, in, in those companies at, at that pre-seed stage. And um, so set the terms and, and kind of structure that and also bring other investors and you know other other friends um, like like project A and and, and Sam's fund um, alongside us in, into those rounds at, at the right times. Um, and so that's kind of what we're thinking about at pre-seed. And then at seed generally where, again those round sizes are probably somewhere in the one to three or again we can get into kind of the, those are increasing in in this market, even sometimes above three million. Um, and we'll will be a, 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 often the second largest check. In, in those kind of rounds where we're investing up to like 500,000, again, to, to try and target something in the kind of 5% range as, as an ownership start. usually across both of those strategies, we're in the kind of like five to 7%, um, which is a little bit unusual versus maybe some more traditional seed funds who target kind of like, you know, 10 to 15 or to 20% ownership. But we think quite strongly that, you know, particularly at these at these early stages, that kind of collaborative approach of taking that much equity, but also leaving, you know, a good proportion of the the available um, capital, which is getting raised into that round for others, and particularly kind of, you know, very value-add angel investors or value-add kind of like small funds, micro funds, brings a kind of, you know, really strong collective um, syndicate to the table for the founders, and just overall sets the company up in the best possible way. So that's kind of how we we think through those two strategies from a kind of check-size perspective.
1: Um, it'd be great to hear maybe just an insight in terms of how you think about pre-seed investing. I'd have the assumption that you're a, a generalist investors. How do themes impact you, uh, and any areas of you know sector concentration or themes that you're most interested in as of today?
0: Yeah, I mean, Rashma, feel free to to kind of um, come in as well. I think that um, when we think of pre-seed, you know, in terms of we are definitely, as you say, you know, we're, we're generalist funds. So we we firmly believe that I think each of us in, in the investing side, and you know, there's the six of us on, the, on that investment team and, and four partners, that we have to be kind of almost nimble enough to be open to whatever kind of can come through the, I'll say the door, but it's, you know, it's the virtual door at the moment in terms of founders. And that's because you know, we're, we're very much stage focused, as we've, I think, reiterated and mentioned a few times in this podcast before at the kind of stage that we invest in. But we recognize that a fantastic company can come from anywhere in terms of sectors and in terms of geography across Europe. And I think that's played out when we, we talked about earlier, some of the kind of um, track record. So I think we're very much therefore kind of led by founders in terms of what sectors are, are potentially interesting. And then obviously we're we very curious, I think, as a, as, a, as a group. And we're very much interested in kind of like diving into those sectors when they present themselves and trying to get ourselves up to speed as quickly as possible. And I think that, you know, one of the benefits of having a large portfolio, so you know, again, one of the slight differences maybe of Seedcamp versus other funds that you've had on, on the podcast is we do make you know, a high number of investments per year. So we're writing kind of 30 to 35 new investments per year. And we've got a portfolio now of you know over 400 companies. Um, it means that we, we have built up specialism through investing and through a network of founders that we've backed before, which allows us to very quickly kind of get up to speed. With certain sectors and 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 be quite informed hopefully for founders and never to the level of the founders because they are the experts and we want to be brought into those sectors as i said and not like in kind of impart our views on them um, fully because i think it's it's their business and and they're 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 taking the real risk and the real stars but hopefully that allows us to get up to speed really quickly and be kind of like flexible and adapt to to whatever sector kind of comes comes across
2: our desk just just the thing to add is you know it um this practice kind of the way we approach it couple things you know which we um which we sort of again or or add a little bit of differentiation uniqueness for for founders to want to take you know take our money to is one is we'll also be able to you know invest in the sort of a value chain of any particular industry or, or sector and so you get um you get a net you know that pure network and then the network uh, tom talked about of companies you can talk to you know founder group you can talk to across payments across you know insure tech across sort of even in, in all kind of fit financial services is such a big big place but within you know within it with, within insurance within payments within different areas because we make multiple investments, not competitive but within within a value chain. Um, you know that's powerful for, for sort of founders to, to tap into. And you know in, into that again, which which Tom said, because of that it's also creating this sort of you know network effect they can sell to each other, buy from each other and this sort of this economy, right? And so it sort of help it also helps us this approach. Um, you know, we think in whether it's sourcing and then also winning some of that, uh, some of the most kind of competitive investments that are that are out there. Um, And then to your question on sectors we, you know, we like, I mean, we continue to think there's so much to do. In fintech so especially kind of deeper and deeper within um, within financial services, so you know, in the payment space we've we've done quite a lot, so we think there's there continue to be great opportunities there. um, Within the health tech spaces as well, and then in the you know the new world of post pandemic kind of this hybrid you know, hybrid world we, we're living in. Um, we're almost competing with Hopin. I think Hopin's acquiring companies faster than we're, we're investing into, to, uh, Tom. Um, so, you know, the, the new world of hybrid and what, is, what does that mean? It's, it has such an impact on, on everything, right? From literally property all the way to productivity. So investing, you know, in in kind of a disruption in that whole in that whole space. That's another kind of five to ten year journey ahead of us, um, in, in, you know, in that sector alone. So, so yeah, I think every, you know, it, it, we go through so many different kind of ebbs and flows of um, evolution in the world. You know, throws up so many interesting opportunities.
1: Nice. And to, to your earlier point, I can certainly attest. To the community that you've built around SeedCamp of both founders helping one another, you know, follow-on investors, technologists, et cetera. I feel very privileged to be within that. Um, so so to, to your point earlier, Tom, I mean, you, you know, you invest in 30 plus companies a year, you have a, a fairly large portfolio as of now. I assume you see thousands of, of companies um, every year and, and every fund. Give our audience a bit of an insight, many of which are founders, many of which would like to raise from Seedcamp or a fund like Seedcamp. Give us an insight into you know what makes for an interesting pitch, an interesting startup for, for you, Seedcamp, to invest in.
0: Yeah, it's a great question. And hopefully there are, you know, lots of founders um, listening and, and, and we're always very, very interested to hear from them. So, yeah, I think in terms of what makes a company really stand out for us. And as you say, you know, we, we are in that previous position of seeing a, a lot per year, um, even though we do make a, a, a pretty relatively high number of investments. I think, um, you know, broadly speaking, it is probably nothing kind of hugely um like different in, in how other people look at different businesses at different stages, but we're probably looking at kind of three different things in kind of three buckets and, and they, those being kind of team like market and product. Um, and I think that there are certain examples where companies, I think team is probably particularly at pre-seed, particularly that kind of very earlier stage, the one that there's the most ability for a company to showcase excellence um, because, okay, you can have a very, very interesting way of thinking about a market, but... Kind of, you know, that's possible from lots of people. And it's a, it's a necessity. It's almost like to clear the bar. You need to have that. You need to have a kind of path to, you know, hundreds of millions in revenue for a fund like ours to, to fit with our kind of return profile we look for. Um, and you can show excellence with product, but we're often, as I think Reshma mentioned before, we're often investing in these businesses pre launch or when there's still maybe even just a deck or there's there's not a huge amount to get there. But sometimes we see that and sometimes there is, there's evidence of that um, and, and possible. But definitely with, with team, you know, the, the, the ability to be able to um, kind of like tie a very cohesive narrative together for that presentation, um, and really get across to, um, to to the investor who you're speaking to, whether that's CEM, whether that's Project K whether that's whoever that is, that you know you are the the people to to be building this company. You have like an absolute incredible connection to the problem you're looking to solve, um, and whether that's through experience, um, and so you have like an industry or a domain expertise that makes you a perfect fit for that, or whether that's a personal connection to the problem. You know, I think we've, we've spoken a, a bit about hopping on this, this um, podcast a few times. And, and that was definitely some of the, some of the things which we saw when Johnny came to present to us a pre-seed and, and we led that round was that, you know, he had a very, very strong narrative, incredibly um, strong um, presentation style, because I think one of the reasons of that was because he had a, you know, personal connection to the problem we were solving. Um, And I think that if you have that as a founder, it really stands out. It really like elevates those presentations to, okay, you're not just doing this because you think that, you know, it's, it would be cool to do a startup or I'd love to give that a go or something. You really would, you, you, you firmly believe in it. And that is kind of all of those elements kind of come together to one of the things which we talk about quite a lot internally is this idea of like founder market fit. So, you know, product market fit is incredibly well documented. And I think that, later stage investors so people who have invested series a or beyond can really test for product market fit but we don't often have that luxury because there's not that much traction or there's not even a you know product in the market so we have to really over index and this founder market fit and really get comfortable with that and i think the companies which are able to present in a way that gets investors at this stage very very confident in that will put themselves in, the, in a really really strong position
2: yeah and i think um a few things. I mean, I, I do think, you know, when when we get delight across our team, um, you know, there's six of us who, as a final step, meet meet the companies presenting. And you can see the kind of no-brainer when everyone's face on the team is <laughs> just the delight. And I will say to founders out there, because they're like, Well, what if I'm really great on this and not you know, or and and when we see all the elements Tom talked about come together, it does create that delight and you're like Absolutely. And maybe something else, something doesn't work. And, and that's why a company doesn't work. But, but yeah, there's, there's definitely kind of, we must do this. Um, and then there's some you work a lot, you know, a lot harder on or, or there's um Sort of disagreement, right? And uh, so, so I, I would say like those those founders, and we see it more and more in Europe, where we're seeing a quality where man, they hit it out of the ballpark on on every you know every vector. And I think that's difference um, today versus uh, versus sort of 14 years ago when there were a lot more things to to be de- developed. And then the second point I'll say is, you know, if this sort of sounds, if what Tom sound, said sounds as he said, similar to what other VCs say, you know. Yes, because obviously we're all kind of on the same highway, roughly, um, especially towards you know seeing an outcome of of a, of a Klarna or Adyen or you know or, or our own companies UiPath, etc. Is um, we're, we're all like on that journey, looking for the looking for the same thing. And I would say, what um, a couple of things. I think that stand out and we recruit for in our team too. One is, I mean, an insatiable curiosity, as, as, as Tom said, it's just you need to constantly just be out there, um, you know, whether it's reading, talking, exploring, um, to, to, to have, you know, all your little tentacles um, on the team sort of all over to, to, because we're, you know, listening, listening mode, a lot of what found, the kinds of ideas founders are coming, coming up with. And, you know, there's a fair bit of laziness we see in, in venture capital market. So again, less so than it was 10 years ago, and that gave us such an advantage five and 10 years ago, but it still, it still exists, right? And so uh, coupled with that, I think, um, you know, we think it's such a strength to be decisive, so we do make decisions fast um, and, and that, is, that is an advantage and, and sort of that ability to look at and say what can go right? what can really go right for, for this business because of course things are going to go wrong and every generally more things are going to go wrong than right, but what can really go right And SoRare is such an example of that. I remember them presenting and you know they said so we're building this thing on blockchain and, and uh, it'll be you know these unique cards and so, so that's great. But a little bit like Spotify is like, you got to get these leagues and the clubs and the players on board. And it's like absolutely 99%, you're not going to. And then that 1%, if it goes right, though, man, is that going to go right. And so, so we believed in that, right? And you, we, we sort of went in with the, with, with the team, which is just fantastic if you get to know them. So, so that, I mean, most people wouldn't do that investment because um because they came in with nothing you know in in that situation right and so i think sort of sort of you know seeing seeing the opportunity and then there's others we definitely do not see the same opportunity and we've got it we've gotten it quite wrong so um so so you know and then those are on our on our sort of anti-portfolio list so so you know a couple of those things and, and our model really fits that so i think also for vcs like you really need to understand what model In model and your behavior, you know, do those things really align well and the team DNA does do all those things really align well for for performance so because you can you can have a real mismatch. um, Between your model between kind of what what you as a team uh, and then the DNA itself the culture itself
1: and would love to just you know, zoom in on one point which you make, which I guess is the differences between European talent that are starting companies in 2021 versus those kind of founders that were doing it a decade ago. I mean, what have you noticed are the the biggest differences? Is it ambition level? Is it general experience? Um, An insight on that would be super helpful.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'll kick off and then um, Tom, Tom, please add too. Ambition level definitely, and that's why you know the last ten years matter is that there are role models of that ambition and and what that can what that can look like. So so I, you know massively to say not only do I have the ambition, I can couple this with real world examples of how. Um, how you know th- that has come to that has come to uh, to bear and and I, I think just really complex success stories like a, a, like a Spotify right really difficult industries and to be able to break through and and again in in um, in, in enterprise like UiPath and and so forth so hugely inspirational um, and then as you said experience is that the ability to hire is dramatically changed for the better is the kind of, if you're hiring in Europe itself, the talent has a lot more of that experience, whether it's because they they spent it here, growing across those companies, which we've talked about, or in the US and are coming back or or even based in the US. And I think a, a general kind of openness from US talent too, to join these companies. Um, and not be like, oh, what's this European company? And, and, and I don't, you know, I don't understand how to talk to Romanians or, <laughs> or Polish, Polish folks or, or something like that, right? So there's, the, there's that general openness and the ability to hire that incredible kind of talent, talent base. And then of course, the access to capital the fact that you you know us money has come in at such again such a pace at, across every stage so particularly of course growth growth capital at series b and c but you know a as well and then kind of pre pre ipo capital and it's it's been democratized so much um again across the across the global footprint so you know three three of those things particularly
0: i think fresh some don't pretty really well i think that you know the difference maybe that i've seen in the last 7 years or so is like a confidence in European founders. And I think it's, it's because of the combination of the stuff which Reshman talked about there, you know, being able to see other founders who've gone through that journey. I think that it just allows them to, to have that level of confidence and belief that, you know, what they're building will. It's not like could. I mean, it's the fine line between confidence and arrogance, but confidence is, the, is the, the, posh, the, the the better way of looking at it. And I think that's, that resonates really well with um, the type of investors who they wanna get on board. And that's something which I think US entrepreneurs have had for a longer period of time, but now I think European um, founders at that top level uh, are very much there alongside them. I was gonna ask,
1: so UiPath is a recent success, you know, uh, specifically for you, Seedcamp, uh, generally for for the European ecosystem, for for the listeners at home. Um, This is a company which recently Uh, listed on the New York Stock Exchange, currently a $35 billion company um, and one of the true sort of uh, heavyweights of European technology. You were lucky enough or uh, smart enough, I should say, to invest uh, at the very earliest stages. I mean, I'm sure our listeners and myself would love to get an insight into what that journey was like from the first meeting um, up until very recently when that company
2: went public. Absolutely. How many hours you got? Um no, I'll I'll cut it short. <laughs> uh, you know, so so got, goes back to a little bit I said before about founding story of Seekcam, it, it just, you know, it had a it had a unique um philosophy around it of the communities right and built built being more cooperative than than aggression and so one of those things was when credo ventures was setting up in prague as a fund as a you know new new fund focused on eastern central eastern europe they asked if i would want to join their advisory board and and that was kind of unheard of at that time except actually for c camp where i had other vcs on my on, on my advisory board so i said absolutely there's something you know that sparked in that team where I said you guys really think about this the right way and I was really thrilled to join sort of folks like Esther, Esther Dyson, um, Stewart at, at, at Draper and then Jan Hammer later on from, from Index joined as, as well and to say well this is a pretty fantastic group to be with and then help this sort of fantastic group of partners to start something new and, and exciting and innovative right and so one of the things they were doing which you know again I had done at seed camp too is like really socialize their pipeline with their advisory board, and they made their own decisions, of course. But it never hurt that you know uh, we could opine with some sort of Q and A that might that might help them in that decision making. And so that's where um, Daniel was presenting the U iPad at that at that advisory board uh, board meeting, um, and so saw it there. And I, I was just, as you said, sort of lucky that I had had an experience with sort of the business process outsourcing market. Ten years before that, and could see how automation could really dramatically um, improve, you know, B- BPM, BPO, uh, and and it, it unless you had sort of worked in India, it was a very difficult experience to have gotten. So, so it was really privileged to sort of like within ten seconds be like, yeah, yeah, no, this is this is it. This is this is absolutely the the future because they had early bird was leading that investment with Credo uh, joining in, and they had talked to forty other investors. And and that's the thing where it goes to, like, if your tentacles are not out there experiencing, it's tough to to see that, you know, see that vision. And so we were really excited to join. And, you know, and again, looking back, kind of that credo letter to their AAB saying, you know, not only like, love to have you guys, now we have a joint first investment with one of our AAB members, right? And so so that was really powerful. Um, But yeah, you know, the three of us came in. And then um, it, 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 it really are kind of board meetings with the with the company early on. And what was, you know, it, it was such a positive journey. Honestly, like it's one of those journeys where you're like, there wasn't, I mean, there were tough moments, of course, but nothing like we, what we see in some other companies who so we just really, that timing of that round was the beginning of that hockey stick. It was just this like... Perfect timing, and that is down to luck, really. Um, and it just growth after growth after growth. So we we did an internal round a few months later, and I I, I there's a there's a trail of email where I you know wrote to the the team going guys here's the deck for this next round we should hope you know try to participate in of course as well uh deck shit but (laughs) you know the, the numbers are there and so the KPIs are awesome the deck is the deck is really bad um we of course didn't put that out publicly but uh but yeah so you see that and uh you're like oh the numbers you know and Daniel's ambition and within right after that round he really started to talk about kind of this insane plan to go to open up a Japan, India, U.S. office right away. And that's where, you know, we really, I mean, we, we sort of seeing the numbers, you're like, well, follow that, follow the growth. Um, and so we, you know, bought into his his crazy plan. And with that kind of then Excel, you know, Excel came in leading leading that very ambitious Series A. And Luciana really, you know, connected with Daniel. They're both from Romania as well. And Luciana has got some great, you know, deals Uh, Deals to her name also so really again seeing where this where this business could grow, and I think more at that time RPA started to be. A more known thing and um, and blue prison having gone public in the in the European market, so you know at automation anywhere starting also so so I think there you start to, to really see, but you know, even in, I think, in our internal. Kind of books um we're not sure we all thought this would be 35 billion right and 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 more i mean i think this is a real company you want to own uh not not investment advice here but you want to own for the next uh, next decade that's how this company that's how the you know daniel and, and their team think of it as they want to build a public company that's here you know really successful next 10 20 years um, but yeah, after that, you know, then then uh, Capital G and uh, and Sequoia Growth and, and all those folks sort of came came around the table and some really wonderful pre-IPO investors that again are in it for the long term and it's and it's been really interesting to see Daniel um, build together thoughtfully from this day one an investor base that he chooses quite actively and I think even to see a fund like Arc. Now be a heavy kind of public investor. Again, they're in there for the you know Kathy Wood talks about very long term view for her investments, and so yeah, what a what a like phenomenal kind of story around that inve- you know especially I guess I look at it from that investor and company company connection. So yeah, that's boiling that sort of six seven year journey together <laughs> um, in, a, in a couple of minutes there,
1: and you know we talk about the incredible progress that that Europe. Uh, technology wise and company creation wise has made in the last decade, you know, UiPath being one of them. Um, I guess Datadog being uh, another one of them, certainly French founders, but, but relocated yeah. to the US. Both of those companies went public in New York and to some extent uh, relocated some of their operations to the US. Uh, I mean, you know, we, we, we talk about Europe having made so much progress, but where do you think there is, there's still room? um for Europe to improve on yes
2: yeah, so I think I think um, you know especially in that enterprise market we have a ways to go so uh, and I would say you know ui paths- expansion into the U.S. is, a, is dated in, in the sense that it, it sort of happened, what, 2016-ish or something. So we're still sort of five years on from that, right? But um, I would say there's still such an advantage for this homogenous market in the U.S. Um, and some very big, you know, corporates um, the 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 Fortune 500, or the, the the top 100 companies, which you know UiPath has a very significant so, sort of top 10 companies as well, significant market share of, and that's hard to replicate, right? And in, in Europe still because that's that's the customer base. And if you're looking for seven-figure ACVs and and up, I mean, yeah, US with uh, with kind of the sales talent you need. Um, and, and being there close to that kind of customer base selling into the defense industry, etc it's it's still an advantage and I think we've got a ways to we've got a ways to go there as as Europe because especially at that we are fragmented um and so creating kind of that homogeneity but I think, you know, with SaaS companies, it's very different, and so where Hopin's playing, you know, that's that's very different, right? And so, um, and and what I think it's exciting to see with the UI path or with what what Hopin is doing, being acquisitive, is really again kind of um, making that differential with the U.S. approach smaller in that they are acquisitive, they are, you know, uh, buy versus build. And it's such a very American, you know, there's a lot of American mentality to that. And uh, it does create for just a bigger platform for lots of other companies, other people to, uh, to, to plug into. So, you know, we, we have again a ways to go there in, in building platform businesses because platform businesses really do create a gravitational field. And uh, people, you know, other companies want to locate around you physically or just, you know, headspace wise around you as as well. And so those two areas, you know, we continue to kind of um, you need to uh, yeah, need to push a lot, lot more on.
1: And maybe lastly, for all of our listeners, uh, where can they reach you and the rest of the seed camp team?
0: Yeah, um, I mean, they can definitely. I think mean, they can reach probably Reshma and I on on Twitter. I think you know uh, I'm at Tom underscore Wills. Um, Reshma can, I'm sure, inform or you can add it to the show notes. For Reshma's handle um, is I think it's R Sahoni, um, and and then for the CCAM team more generally, because that's you know what's more important. I think if you're a founder, you know we 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 take obviously. Um, people submitting their information on our website um, is the first point of call, often for um, companies that we look at to potentially invest in. So go to www.ccamp.com, you know, um, and there's a space there looking for funding. It's it's a short form that um, founders can fill in, and and that was is probably one of the best ways to get on on the radar at um, that kind of first step, so that we can consider. Obviously, also we take you know referrals, like any any investors. So if you know one of the four hundred founders or soda or or more that we've backed, then um that's also a really good way of um you know getting getting in, in front of um us as a fund.
2: We hope you enjoyed our podcast. If you did, how about you subscribe on Spotify and or iTunes and give us a rating. Thanks guys.